Blog Talk Radio. La, 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 wait till I get my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I spent that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. The home much is given, much is tested. Get arrested, guess until he gets the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. Bought more jewelry, more Louis V. My mama couldn't get through to me. The drama, people suing me. I'm on. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. You think you're gonna? You think you're gonna beat me? No, I know I will. Oh, Mike, that never gets old. I remember that championship game like it was yesterday. Hello, everybody, yep. welcome to another special uh, episode of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. Scott Atkins, Team Legacy here in the world of high stakes fantasy football. And as always, joined by the Big Blue co-host himself from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent, and Mike. That sounds so many memories, man. So many memories of us in the championship game. Yeah, you know that's a lot of fun, man. I'm I'm sitting here stoked. I'm 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 so pumped up about how I'm gonna beat you. And there's part of my brain going, well, there's no way in hell I can beat him. But but anyway, I tried to portray it to where I said, well, heck yeah, I'll beat you. No problem. (laughs) That's a lot of fun, Scott. It is, it is. We got a special show tonight. We are going to unveil May Madness number four. One lucky team is going to win a free seat at the two thousand thirteen fantasy football world championship. It's incredible, man. So some of the biggest prizes I know personally we've ever I've ever given away, uh, valued at sixteen hundred and fifty dollars, all for being uh, a, a early bird participant in the Fantasy Football World Championship. The way it works is you put your $200 in, you register and secure your seat. This year the seats are very limited. We're only allowing 418s into the contest this year. And, uh, look, you, uh, you, put your, you put your name in the hat for 200 bucks. We draw a name out. We put 20 names in the hat. We draw a name out. Somebody, one of those lucky 20 are going to win a free main event injury. It's our version of the early bird, right? I mean, it's, you know, uh, we used to give uh, $100 off for every team that registered early, but – that kind of loses the, the pizzazz and the pow, you know, factor. And, and this has been well-received. It's a lot of fun. And people actually have a chance at some major money and a free main event team that you can turn into this year $10,000. Uh, it's pretty unprecedented, Mike. We, we were able to get up to 12500 in league prizes for the World Championship, and you can win 10000 if you are the dominator. What we call the dominator is if you dominate in your league, if you're the best record and the most points after 13 weeks, you deserve 10 stacks of high society. That's the way it goes, 10 grand, Mike, and uh, we did it this year. Right. So you get paid for both of them. I mean, you know, that's uh, you should get deserved and paid for both of them. Uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, too many times where, you know, you can win one or and win, win both, but only get paid for one. So that, that's cool that uh, both uh, you get paid for both of them. That's awesome. Well, it is. It's an eternal debate that's been raging on for, uh, you know, forever since the beginning of fantasy football. 
Should you reward points? Should you reward record? We said, look, we're going we're gonna to reward both equally. Neither is going to have a preference. Neither is going to have a priority. They're both going to have um, they're both going to have the equal reward, $2,500. So at the end of 13 weeks, the best record gets $2,500. Uh, the most, the highest points gets $2,500, and let them settle it on the field for the league champion. So at the end of 13 weeks, if those, if that's two different teams, weeks 14 through 16, they're battling it out for the additional five grand. Uh, we also have two runner-up prizes. So runner-up record is worth $1,250. Runner-up most po most points. Second place points is worth twelve fifty. So you can kind of mix and match those. You can win that's record twenty five hundred. You can win most, you know, second most points for twelve fifty, and still be battling out for the five grand. So there's lots of different combinations there that make this really fun and really unique. And we just wanted to get to that magic ten k mark because if you do both, if you lead the league in points and you lead the league in record, you are clearly the best team. There is nothing more to win here. There's nothing more to play out. Thirteen weeks, it's over. You've dominated. And you deserve the ten thousand dollars. And there's still a couple of prizes there left over for somebody. The, the twelve fifty for second most points or second best record. There's still some prizes there that somebody can you know rack up if they're a close second. And then obviously in the FFWC main event, Mike, four teams make the championship round. So if you're in the top four and you, you're in the league with a dominator, you still make the championship chase for the hundred fifty thousand dollars. And so it still gives you something to play for. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to create something that kept teams in it as long as possible. And, and look, here at FF Toolbox and the World Championship, all 12 teams are alive through 13 weeks. You're not, you're not sitting at home on Thanksgiving with nothing to do. You just put up $1,500 or $1,700 and it's Thanksgiving and there's nothing to do. You actually will play 13 weeks. It was a, it's a really uh, um, big part of the rules and the format. The NFFC, Greg Ambrosius and Tom Kucinich, they actually pioneered that part of the of the format, and we loved it so much we had to have it at the World Championship. And so, uh, I'll definitely be playing there this year at the yeah. NFFC as well. And they've got they've got some good things going on too. That's where we that's where we got our uh, you and Mike you and me Mike we uh, we started up in Chicago at the NFFC. Yeah, you know, and uh, Greg and that whole bunch uh, they, they continue to uh, get a lot of good things going on. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of good things happening with the uh, high stakes. Uh, Fantasy football industry, and you know it's just fun to uh, fun to check it all out and see how they're all uh, taking shape, so to speak. But uh, you know, I mean, you have to Thanksgiving week. You have to go through that. You have to have your players. Uh, you have to continue to go through every week. I mean, don't stop at eleven. I'm sorry, don't stop at eleven. You got to keep going because. That's what makes it uh, all that much more uh, more fun and entertaining and competitive. It makes it more competitive. Well, the NFL definitely threw uh, a lot of us a curveball this year. Uh, those of us that uh, have played in the FFPC format, the 11-week regular season, and now the, the 12th week is that money week, and the NFL decides to put bye weeks on that week 12, and some very serious teams on bye that week, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, there's a ton of dynamic, dynamite, firepower, fantasy firepower on those teams. I mean, A.J. Green, C.J. Spiller, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Marshawn Lynch, Percy Harvin, Russell Wilson. Can you imagine getting there all the way and then week 12 not having well, guns you need? Uh, it's going to be very difficult. I mean, what if well, Mike, what if your two favorite players are Russell Wilson and, uh, you know, uh, Harvin or Russell Wilson and Spiller? There's no way you're going to be able to take those guys in your draft now and then uh, put them together and trot them out there because week 12 is such an important week. Well, on the other side of it, though, uh, if you know the ground rules, if you know uh, that that week is, you know, basically done for you, then that's how you restructure your draft. Uh, I don't want to have to go through that. Uh, I, I want to know that I have those players available or not available, uh, you know, going into week 12. So uh, I, I basically wanted to know who I have and who I have uh, not available. So uh, what it boils down to is it's a simple fact of the, the, the structure of the draft and uh, what's what's uh, you know what's going on. Yeah. Well, you know, look, I feel bad for the guys that uh, uh, you know the guys at FFPC for uh, getting kind of stung with that a little bit. 
and all the players that really enjoy the format because it's going to make it very challenging. And I know right now everybody's being panacea about it, being very, you know trying to trying to just cope and say you know what everything's going to be fine. It changes up the draft strategy. But wait until week 12. That's when the foot is going to hit the fans. Uh, when you've had a great team and just uh, you know, look, backups are just not going to win you the fantasy title when when you know when it, when push comes to shove. So hopefully, hopefully things work out there. Let's let's move on with the program. Mike. Tonight we have a, a fantastic guest on. Jim Day of FantasyTaz.com is on with us tonight. And uh, look, we're just going to pick Jim's brain about a little bit of this and a little bit of that, unedited, unscripted, raw, unrehearsed. That's what you get here at Red vs. Blue. There are no notes being passed back and forth. No show logs, no show outlines. We don't want uh, we don't want the preparation and the prepared script. We want the raw, uncut, uncensored, uh, off the cuff material here from some of the best minds in the world of, of fantasy football. So, Jimmy, are you with us? Hey, I'm with you guys. Thanks for having me on. What's up, Jim? I'm I'm waiting for those best minds in fantasy football to come join us. That would be you. That would be me. Whoa, everybody's in trouble now. Yeah, we've got we've got a couple of them in the chat joining Taz, IPS Driver, Henry Muto. There's Cindy Crane logged in. Brothers Mayhem, Jason Duvall. Uh did get uh, a little late on the uh the show marketing. But Jimmy, uh what a fun season it's already been. I know you and I we don't have any off season. There's no off season for guys like us. We're on nonstop, you know, throughout the year. You're doing podcasts, you're doing Google Hangouts, great job on those by the way and and we're living and breathing this thing, so there is really no off season. It just kind of moves and ebbs and flows a little bit. Right now is about the point in time where those guys that sit at about the seven and seven and eight mark in fantasy football, six and seven mark, they're starting to wake up a little bit from their slumber. They kind of woke up for the draft a little bit, and now they're starting to say, "Oh, what's going on? Are you guys drafting really? You're, you guys are drafting so." What do, you, what do you have to say to those guys that are just not really ready for NFL yet, but we're still bringing it? Well, I, I'm just going to say one simple thing. I've already done 120-plus drafts this year. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's all more. You want to know something? More. I know the trends better than the league management services know the trends. Yeah. You know, uh, that, and that's what uh, when you do that many mocks, and I know you uh, you have a, a a huge Twitter following that gets on those. <clears throat> you want to follow Jim Day at Fantasy Taz on Twitter and at FantasyTaz.com. Jim, you have the mocks that uh, really give you an, a, an an opportunity to basically what you said. You're prepared for whatever happens on the clock. You've already kind of thought it through. You've exercised it. You've looked at it. You flipped it up and up, down, left and left and right. And you kind of know when you come on the clock what you're going to do about it. For example, I'll, I'll give you this. Well, I was on the clock the other night in a um, in uh, the, the Pro Forecast uh, draft. It's one of the magazines uh, that get published. It has a huge publication, huge circulation. And I was on the clock, and all of a sudden I'm faced with the decision, DeMarco Murray or David Wilson. Now, at the first time that's happening to you, it takes you a little bit longer. But chances are, with 120 drafts, you've seen that type of decision, and you've already made a bet, made your bet with it. Uh, what do you do in that situation, DeMarco, Murray, or David Wilson? If I'm making that chance, I'm taking David Wilson, only because I just don't believe in DeMarco Murray staying healthy. Uh, you know, he's just shown it two years in a row now that he can't take that kind of pounding. Well, also, uh, Jim, if you don't mind me asking uh do you make that decision uh, based on the fact that Andre Brown doesn't stay healthy either? No, I think Andre Brown is going to get most of the early carries. He'll get the goal line work. But I still think that David Wilson is going to get, you know, 12 to 15 touches a game, and he's dynamic enough that he's going to make those work for him. Yep, he's very explosive. We're going to put this down as uh, tazism number one tonight, and we're going to log these. But we're going to come back in the offseason and see how you did, Jimmy. DeMarco Murray, uh, you have you have David Wilson over DeMarco Murray if push comes to shove. Uh, I have a lot of guys over DeMarco and Murray, and I really don't need to be pushed. You know, interesting the way where uh, where that was at the other night. And again, I'll just tell you, it was in the fourth round. It was at four three or four four, I want to say. And to think that DeMarco Murray that you can get him at the fourth round when last year, I mean, remember he was being taken one six one seven. And all but an injury, he would have probably lived up to somewhere in that neighborhood. So, 
you feel they didn't really – I mean, bringing in Joe Randall is not really a ringing, uh, you know, endorsement for needing a backup running back and dealing away Felix Jones. This is still a very dynamic offense in the Dallas Cowboys. So you, you feel like the running game is going to be non-existent, or are you predicting big things for Joe Randall? No, I'm not really predicting big things for any of them. I, I think it's going to be a mess back there and just basically a, a, an entire backfield I want nothing to do with. Yeah, gotcha. Well, that's why we got Jimmy on here tonight. This is uh, the Red vs. Blue Show, 347-324-5404. Some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football are in the chat tonight. This episode is sponsored by Mio Energy Liquid Water Enhancer. Uh, Mikey, uh, we talked earlier in the program that we wanted to kind of give the show and the listeners some sleepers tonight. And we thought the best way to do that, look, you could go all day long on sleepers, but just a sleeper out of, you know, the division, some of the divisions that are out there. And I, and I challenged you a little bit, and I said, you know what, take the AFC West, Mikey. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC West uh, from a fantasy perspective, a lot of good players. you got the Jamal Charles. Uh, well, okay, that's pretty much it. But you've got, uh, you've got some talent there, and I gave you the AFC West. I challenged you with it, and what did you come up with? Uh, I love Jonathan Baldwin. Uh, Jonathan Baldwin uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to be a, he's going to be a beast. Uh, I really believe that uh, Andy Reid and everything that's going on uh, with that offense. Uh, I, I don't think Alex Smith is a loser, so to speak. Uh, but uh, I, I believe that Alex Smith is going to be able to find Jonathan Baldwin, and uh, he's going to be a dynamic sleeper. Jimmy, we, uh, we've, we've all been kind of waiting on Jonathan Baldwin uh, a couple of years now. This is going to be his third year in the league, and a lot of people point to third years being kind of the, the year for wide receivers to break out. He's a big kid from Pittsburgh, 6'4", 220, and he hasn't really done anything. Now you bring in an Alex Smith and a new regime in Andy Reid. What do you think there? Is there is there room for some optimism at least? No. Um, yeah, I won't say that. Of course, he, he's going to get every opportunity to be that number two. And you can say whatever you want about Alex Smith. He can get the, guy, the ball to the players. So, you know, I just don't like this kid. I, I didn't like him coming out of college. I thought he was too raw. I just don't trust his hands too much to the body. I just, I just don't trust him. And, I, you know, this is one of those guys I'm easily going to let somebody else take the chance on him. I kind of, I'm kind of like you this year. I felt like I took a chance on him last year, and I wanted to see some kind of sign. You know, usually if you're going to be a breakout guy in year three, you see a couple of signs and flashes of it in year two. I really didn't. I didn't see that. Maybe I missed it, Mike. Uh, you know, because again, he's still this same kid at six four two thirty. I mean, that's a massive target out there. Uh, I just, I just look for a little bit of, a little bit more development in that year two. So maybe he's not going to be a year three. And maybe he'll be a year four guy for you, Mike. Well, it, it could be. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, a receiver has to have a connection. Uh, be a quarterback or offensive coordinator, uh, head coach, what have you. I, I feel like that connection is going to happen. I mean, let's face it. There's some people, there's some running backs, receivers, they, they fit in certain systems. I'm, I'm a believer in systems. And I, I believe that Andy Reid is going to uh, help uh, help those guys, help Alex Smith, and help Jonathan Baldwin uh, become uh, become relevant in the fantasy uh, realm. Brothers Mayhem says we like Ingram for a sleeper breakout candidate. That's uh, that's interesting, Jimmy. I was going to give you uh, the you know a, a division uh, over in the NF in the NFC. Uh, the NFC South, and, and, and Jason Duvall is, is talking about uh, Ingram for a sleeper breakout candidate. Now, NFC South, you've got a lot of good teams, Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers. I mean, I'm thinking about names just rumbling through my head as I say those teams, New Orleans Saints and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a lot of options here for you. Uh, do you can, can you give us a sleeper off the cuff here for the NFC South? I sure am. I'm going to stay on the same team as Brothers Mayhem. I'm going to stay with those Saints, and I'm going to go with rookie Kenny Stills. And I, I can't say it any better than Sigmund Bloom said it when I was sitting on the couch with him this week. He said, they finally get a fast receiver who can actually catch the ball, and that's what they get. They got a guy who can stretch the field because, let's face it, Colston doesn't do it. You know, Lance Moore doesn't do it. They need somebody to stretch the field. They've been looking for it for a while. They finally got a kid who can stretch the field, 
and catch the ball. He's my sleeper in in that division. All right. Well, hey, I like the pick. I like the gustiness of the pick. But there is a guy that I've been kind of scooping up late in draft master formats, Jimmy, and that was Joseph Morgan. I mean, I saw a couple of deep balls his way. I mean, it was like he, he kind of gave us the Chris Gibbons show there for a while. Uh, I'm looking at the, the, the he had an 80 yard catch in week four, a 48 yard catch in week seven, a 33 in week 12, a 38 in week 13, two for 106 in week 14, two for 61. I mean, these are big plays here now. That was without Sean Payton, so I'm interested to see what kind of an impact Sean Payton has on Drew Brees, that entire receiving course. But when you got an aging Colston on, on, in front of you and a Lance Moore who's susceptible to injury, it seems like, and I like your pick. I mean, Kenny Stills, I, I like the kid. But it seems like Joe Morgan has already kind of earned his shot at this spot, right? Well, he's going to get a shot. He'll get another shot. He can make some plays. I just – don't like him to be a consistent threat, at least not yet. I think Kenny Stills is a, a better receiver. They do have Joseph Morgan uh, pegged as the number three wide receiver on the depth chart. They they talk about him needing work on his short intermediate route to, to be more of a complete wide receiver. But uh, I like the pick with Kenny Stills. I'm going to write that one down and make sure you have it. While we're, while we're at it, Jimmy, you're on the clock in the first round, and you're looking at uh, somehow or another at the – at the 1-8, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, 1-8 pick. You're faced with the decision. Ray Rice, LaShawn McCoy. You've been through it over 120 times. What do you do in that situation? I'm going to go with LaShawn McCoy, although I think 90% of the people out there might disagree with me. But, you know, first of all, I like Ray Rice, but we're absolutely going to see a little bit more Bernard Pierce. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure what we're going to see out of that passing game. Torrey Smith, you know, he's a good deep threat, but he hasn't shown much else yet. Who knows who's going to stand up on side on the side of him? So that scares me a little bit. You know, plus they're the Super Bowl team. You, you actually expect a little regression from the team, so that bothers me a little bit. With McCoy, you know, we're talking about him with a new coach, a coach who loves to run the ball, who loves gadget plays, and you're, you're talking about one of the most agile, quick-footed running backs in the league. Uh, in that offense, I, I love McCoy, and he's fallen uh, in some drafts. I've gotten him in 11 or 12. That's that's just ludicrous. It is a very deep first round, Mikey Trent. Uh, what do you do in that situation? I'll give you the floor. Uh, yeah, I would, I would go the same way. I, I'm looking at it right now, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting uh, when I look at uh, guys like that. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I had a uh, I had a trade offer, uh, which kind of I'm kind of going outside the lines here, but uh, uh, somebody wants to give me Frank Gore for uh, Marshawn Lynch, and he wants to throw in. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I know. Need to start uh, laughing. And, he, and he wanted to throw in two four rounders, and I, I'm like, oh, hold on here, hold on, uh, because you know I, I want to uh, bend uh, Jim's Jim's ear a little bit about uh, Frank Gore because let's face it. It's becoming a three-headed monster with uh, Michael James, uh, Kendall Hunter, and uh, Frank Gore. Uh, let's face it, Frank Gore has one, maybe two more years left. That's it. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is a beast in a team that uh, is going to be unbelievable. Uh, you know, and you're talking about a guy who's had back-to-back 1,200-yard seasons on one of the most run-heavy teams in the league. Uh, you know, I mean, Gore at right now for at this point is a good bet for one more year. Other than that, you can't count on anything after that. Yeah. What do you what do you see in that post Gore era? That's an interesting. Uh, a lot of people are looking in their dynasty leagues and they're they're grabbing a Michael James because of what he did in the playoffs last year, or maybe they they're grabbing a Lattimore in the latter part of the first round of a rookie draft just to hang on to him and stash him, and maybe he gets back to his former self next year. What do you see, because there's still a Kendall Hunter in the house, too, that's recovering from injury. It's just kind of a, do they have the starting running back of the future on the roster right now? Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to put it all on Marcus Lattimore and if he can get healthy. I mean, let's face it, this kid was a first-round talent before the injury, and all signs point to his, his, you know, coming very well through the injury so far. I mean, a long way to go. We probably don't even see him in 2013. But this is a kid who's got the talent if if he gets that burst back to be a, a good starting running back in the NFL. 
Yeah, it is uh, It is one of those stories we're going to have to watch because you get an injury like that, and it's just so gruesome. It's, it's how can you recover uh, from that? I do think that uh, this will – we say it every year. This is the year Gore is going to break down. This is the year we started – you know, last year he looked phenomenal. I, I give it to everybody that drafted him. Uh, he was a guy that I wouldn't touch in the fourth in the fourth or fifth round. I just didn't want any part of him, no matter where he fell. And maybe that's to a fault of mine. Uh, it's just not the type of teams that I usually build. I don't build the guys that are of that age uh, at the running back position unless just there's a lot of surrounding factors there. So uh, you no, you're to not keep... going to Scott, and uh, you know you're not going to build your team around uh, Frank Gore. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as uh, when you said uh, waiting for him to break down, Frank Gore is not going to break down. It's just a it's just a simple fact of the matter that. Uh, that's the way the NFL is right now, that there's other guys that are waiting that are quicker, that are sharper, that are faster, uh, you know. And so uh, it's just it's evolution. They, they may be all of those things, but they don't have his experience. And until he breaks down, he's going to be on that field. <laughs> oh, he is a warrior. He's got so much heart. Uh, so I, we already talked about Murray. Let's let's throw another name at you then, uh, Jimmy. Frank Gore is on the clock at 4-1. You need a running back. You went uh, wide receiver, wide receiver, maybe a tight end or something. You need a running back. Oh, God, no, I would never do that. Not this year. You, you got Very Frank running back Gore. heavy early for me this year. Well, you know, most of the Unlike time. Unlike last year. <laughs> most of the time that's the case, right? I mean, uh, nope. there's about 10 good running backs. There's been 11 or 12. Do you really want to grab a Forte there? I mean, is that, is that, do you feel good about that when you can really take a Brandon Marshall and a Des Bryant combo? Absolutely. I'll take Forte over them in PPR uh, if that's what I'm doing. And, and that's pretty much all I play is PPR. I mean, very rarely do anything else. Um, but uh, in, in PPR, absolutely, I'm taking those running backs. You know what? Wide receivers are ridiculously deep this year. I've started a lot of drafts lately going running back, running back, running back, and still coming back and getting Roddy White, Hakeem Nix, uh, and uh, Jordy Nelson in, in those four or five picks. You know what? I'll take that any day if i got three solid starting running backs. Yeah, how would you feel about a Decker, uh, a Garcon, and maybe a uh, Stevie Johnson or something like that? You know, just four or five and six, or a Decker, Garcon, maybe Josh Gordon, maybe something like that, you know? Is this kind of the year that you might see a return to that RB, RB, stud, heavy stud running back philosophy? I think uh, just, we have to. I, yeah. I think we have to. If you look, first of all, quarterbacks are insanely deep. Wide receivers are insanely deep. You know, tight ends, if you don't spend early for those top two, three, then you might as well wait till the back end of the draft and take some of these upside guys. So it, it, it definitely, every team, with all the drafts I've done, the teams that come out the best to me right now are the ones where I go RB heavy early. And I, I was totally against that last year. I I couldn't have said it louder last year that I hated that theory. So this is a new one for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I think you leave the draft table feeling a lot better about your team. It's not an indicator of success. As a matter of fact, a lot of the times the teams you like the most don't do very well at all. The teams you're really worried and shaky about, you know, they turn out to be very powerful. So, you know, it's it, – I know on paper it feels better to get those running backs on the board and then the wide receivers. However, that's not what's been winning in high-stakes fantasy football for the last several years. It is getting an anchor at running back, just one, getting several three to four wide receivers very strong there, making sure that you can start four wide every single week and then finding a back to use in rotation late. Because no matter how much you like uh, these early running backs, I mean, running backs do break down, and before long, you see a Bryce Brown stealing the show. And it's a guy that's an RBBC guy, and it's somebody that just comes in and makes things Brown stole the show for two games. Yeah, exactly. And that's two games. You know what? I'm not drafting a guy I'm hoping I get two games out of. Yeah, well, you know, that's how injuries are, though. You you get uh, you, you, you just keep rotating guys the weeks that they're hot and the weeks they're in there. You, you might have four or five handcuffs on your team. And you have those four wide receivers. You can afford to be a little weak at that RB2 spot. That's what's been winning in high stakes for the last five years. Actually, since the Bolden days. When uh, rookie, I'm, I'm going to be surprised if that holds up this year. I was going to say something, Scott. Uh, <laughs> one, I, one I will. Thing I'll that be surprised. been winning is a, a solid tight end. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, you can't and, and, 
I'm looking at this year's class, and uh, I'm not sure who that solid tight end is other than Jimmy Graham. Still say well, Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten. Yeah. Still, still fall there. Yeah, well, you well, got I mean, a guy. But, 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 it really falls off, though, Jim. I mean, it really falls off. I, I, I mean, totally that, agree with you. That, that's why I said earlier, you know, if you can't get one of those top three right in the beginning, then you you should wait till later to take a chance. I mean, you know, except in the FFPC, of course, if, you know, you're playing for that 1.5, we we know the value comes up on tight ends. Um, but but outside of that, absolutely, you, if you don't get spend early to get one of those top ones, you should absolutely wait because the middle tier sucks. Jim, let's, let's cut right to the chase with Mike's topic here at tight ends. Is, is Rob Gronkowski off your radar? He's off of mine. Oh, heck no. He's a buy for me right now. No. Uh, come he on, is Jim. He's a buy for me right now. I, I'm, you know what? I'm taking that shot. I'll take this, this is a guy who changes games every time he steps on the field. You're talking about a guy who played, what, 10, 11 games last year? He was still a top five tight end. This yeah. is a guy in three years who's never scored less than 10 touchdowns. I'm taking yeah. that chance. And right now you can get him for value. Well, but I thought I he can, but he might not play a snap next year. You know that. Oh, right? I don't. I don't. I don't think that at all. I don't. They're saying he's still going to be ready for Week One. I don't okay. see you. I haven't seen the value yet. Now, maybe in your mocks uh, you have, but I, I, you know, one of the magazine drafts last night, uh, he went at two one, and this is a one PPR league. So I said, it seems like there's always still one guy or two guys in the league that haven't really, you know, gotten the memo yet. But there's some red flags here. Now Hernandez. Yeah, but that, but that was also before the news came out now about the back injury. Right. So now we're talking about another surgery. Watch over the next week. You're going to see him start to fall. You think you think he gets to the fourth round? I've seen him go to the fourth round in a couple of drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see. You know, when you have a guy like Jason Witten who's been in the top five for the last six years, <laughs> you know, there's no reason not to get a guy and scoop him up. And he's always undervalued. And they're taking the sexier Jimmy Graham, the Aaron Hernandez, which I love Graham. And I like Hernandez, but there's there's really no doubt that what Jason Witten's going to do. He's going to connect with Romo. Romo's going to find him all day, and he's going to have a 16-15 catch game for you, and he's going to win it for you single-handedly. I mean, it's just uh, that's just the way it is. All right, let's move on uh, <clears throat> to the AFC East. Uh, Jimmy, this is uh, this is a, a division that uh, I went to look for a sleeper, and and uh, I think his name already came up on the show, but Chris Ivory. Uh, this is one of those types of picks that if you waited on running back and you decided to take maybe a Calvin Johnson in the first round, because, hey, you can't fault anybody for taking Calvin, especially he's the number one wide receiver last year, had very little touchdowns. We expect those to come considerably up. I can I can easily make the case for a Calvin Johnson in the first round, even though amidst all of those stud running backs there. But, hey, running backs do go down quite a bit. I don't, I don't see Calvin going down. He's a beast. So, uh, what do you think about Chris Ivory being the lead guy in New York with a new offense and a new quarterback? And his competition in jail. Uh, I think he's got he's got a clear-cut chance to be that number one finally, and it's all up to him to stay healthy. Yeah, Mike Goodson, uh, what, a, what, what a disaster. What a disaster. Yeah, Chris Ivory's one of those guys that right now I don't know where you're seeing him go in those, in those mocks that you're in, but – I think you can get him in the sixth round, possibly even. Uh, maybe maybe now with the Goodson injury, you're probably going to have to spend an early sixth, something along that line. Well, just so you know, I've seen him go in at the end of the third in a couple of recent expert drafts. Wow. So he's definitely going to be flying up, and especially now with the news of Goodson, you're going to see him up in that third, early fourth over the wow. next week. I couldn't take him – all right, or you said third round. We're talking about MJD, Steven Jackson, Chris Johnson, Reggie Bush. They're taking uh, you're not going to see Steven Jackson there either. He's been going early second, mid-second. Oh, that's a disaster. That's, that's an not absolute a disaster. disaster. It's a perfect opportunity for him on that offense. Yeah. Well, what you're you... going to see him get, get 1,200 yards. He's going to get eight to nine touchdowns. It's a perfect final way for him to go out. Are you serious? Yeah, I am uh, absolutely I mean, serious. Jackson, I love him. <laughs> what? I, I, I'm, I'm shocked ahead, that I'm we. Sorry. I'm shocked that we don't see this the same way. I mean, the history of 30-year-old running backs in the NFL speaks for itself, especially when we're talking about a player that has a history of injuries because of his running style. And 
Look, and a guy who looked better in the second half of last year than he has in the last year and a half. I'll give you that, but he's always been a good receiver out of the backfield. But when you got to quiz Rodgers, he's, he's still expected to get most of the passing downs. I think his remaining value is going to get squeezed. We heard that about Quiz Rogers last year. He was going to be the breakout guy. Everybody loved Quiz Rogers. What did he do? Nothing. They went out and got the guy they needed to be their back, and they went out and got Steven Jackson and paid for him. No, they're probably only going to get him for one year, but they're going for Super Bowl or bust, and he's going to be their guy. They're going to pound him. Well, look, you you had Quiz Rogers that got 53 catches. That's what he got. He just didn't get the carry. But all the receptions, you know, the, the lion's share of receptions are going to go to Quiz Rogers. It's just the way it's going to be. It's the offense. You're not going to change the offense because of one guy. Uh, you're going to, you've got to you, give you him a You had a back back there before, before that couldn't catch. Michael Turner wasn't a catcher. He couldn't catch anything. They, now all of a sudden you've got a Steven Jackson who has caught, you know, big, game, you know, big multiples of catches over his history in this, in this league. And, uh, yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm, I'm taking Steven Jackson. You can take Quiz Rogers, and we'll have a beer on it someday. Nobody, nobody's taking Quiz Rogers. I'm just discounting the fact that you <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you why Atlanta hasn't made it to the playoffs. Is It's because it hasn't been much of a running game at all. This guy can help. This guy is a proven winner. Or, uh, I mean, he's a proven. Uh, he's well, yeah, don't say proven winner. <laughs> he came from I know, St. Louis. I know. Hey, <laughs> hey, Tim, as soon as I said that, I was like, uh oh. But this guy's proven. Cue up the buzzle meter there, Scott. Uh, but uh, this guy can this guy can get it done. He, he's a uh, he's a leader. He's a leader in the clubhouse, leader in the team, and uh, I believe that uh, he'll make things happen. Well, I, look, I love you guys to death. You guys are absolutely nuts if you take him in the second round after plopping down fifteen hundred dollars or two thousand uh, on a on a guy on a thirty year old running twenty nine. Okay, 30-year-old. so wait, wait. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. You take Demarco Murray over him? No, no. I mean, I'm not taking. I'm not taking Demarco Thank Murray. You. In the, I'm not taking Thank Steven. you. Okay, so give me a, give me a running back in that tier that you would take. Give me a couple of running backs in that tier you would take over him. Well, look, it, it's not my style really to just say I'm going to take a running back there. If I don't, I'm usually going to probably take a wide receiver there. Uh, but, I uh, look, I'm not a, if, if I see a tier of running backs that I don't particularly care for, I'm not taking them. That's just I will find my value later. I'm not going to take a guy just because he's bunched up in Chris Johnson, Maurice Jones-Drew, uh, Darren McFadden area. I'm not going to take probably any of those guys. Now, if any of them fell to the fourth round like they did the other night, and I, I take DeMarco Murray in the fourth, that's a different story. Uh, but the second round, you've got way too much potential at other positions. You know, I, it's just look look at the wide receivers that you have there. Incredible. But I hear you, but when I can come back in the fourth round and get Roddy White as my number one wide oh, yeah. receiver, I'm telling you, I'm happy with that. Where are you going? You're not going to get Roddy White in the fourth round in Vegas, Jim. You know that. It's in September, that's not going to happen. The common sense is going to kick in. You might, you might, you never know. The bottom line is the wide receivers are going to be there. They're going to be there. You better snap up a, a running back. Just, just, just get one. You guys are right. The wide receiver is tremendously deep. You have to, you have to like the prospects. I, uh, I, I would, I would not feel comfortable because look, I can't, I can't find any other running back of that age that I would feel. Good. I mean, Darren Sproles, I think, is the only other guy that I think is close to twenty-nine or thirty range. But he catches a ton of balls, you know. It's a totally different situation there in a, in a, in, a, in that offense. So I, I just, uh, man, I cannot see Stephen Jackson. I, I, I have some very big red flags uh, on Stephen Jackson. Let's move on, though. It's always good to debate. Uh, nobody's right or awesome. wrong. That was awesome. What do you and, mean nobody's right or wrong? I'm always right. Jeez. <laughs> hey, Jim, that was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> AFC South for a second. AFC South. There's a lot of good teams there. Um, I want to look particularly at the in the square in the face of Vic Ballard and get your guys' opinions here because I think he's a little bit underrated. I think there's a, there's an opportunity here to be the bell cow in a in a good offense and living here in Indianapolis. The kind of the vibe on the street is that we have Andrew Luck, but we want to run the ball more. We want to run the ball more. We don't want to be so one dimensional. Now whether or not that plays out, that's yet to be seen. Always coaches always want to run the ball more. I, I get that, uh, but you got I haven't heard a lot of people say they were disappointed in what they got 
when they drafted Vic Ballard. Round five, pick 35 in the draft for Mississippi State. So, what were your thoughts on a Vic Ballard, and do you think he's uh, do you think he's worthy? Where, where, whereabouts would you would you take him this year, Tim? You know, I'd take a shot on him as my wide receiver three, especially now that they're starting to talk about him, you know, getting him more involved in the passing game, which was his big knock last year. If they right. do that, then he's definitely going to increase value. Yeah, he, he wasn't a touchdown machine. He wasn't a receiving machine. He just kind of uh, – there's a good – something in the chat room here. Where where to go? Da, 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 da. Ballard is a plotter. No juice from White Razors. Um, no, but very, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to have juice in that offense because that, that passing offense will create holes for him to run through. By the way, I've got something in the chat room here just to uh, back to that Steven Jackson discussion, White Razors. Steven Jackson in Dynasty, I will not touch. Steven Jackson in redraft, I will take him in the first. Yep. So there you go. Quiz is hot garbage from White Razors. <laughs> I like this guy, White Razors. We should talk. <laughs> I like Steven Jackson in the open field over Quiz. So there you go. Hey. You know, it's always it's always nice to see that. All right, so uh, let's move on. Um, let's go to the uh, NFC West. Michael Trent, uh, let's let's hear what you have. A sleeper in the NFC West, somebody that you can take and uh, be happy about uh, that you can get late in the draft. Shoot, I don't I don't have anybody, Scott. NFC West. Don't have anybody that I like. That that we we actually let me let me let me let me take a time out real quick. We actually talked about this right before the show started, and and, <laughs> and I and I asked which division do you want? What the player you like? And you you threw the player name out. I was like, okay, I'll give you the NFC West. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. All right, here we go. So we're gonna go to the NFC West and get a sleeper candidate from Mike Teasy for Sheezy. Mikey, uh, NFC West, there's a lot of good teams there. Arizona, Seattle, San Fran, St. Louis. Do you got a sleeper for us? I do not. I do not. <laughs> well, I, I can give you two. And the cops are coming to give you a <laughs> we, we, we just have Flag on the play. It's really a failure to communicate at this point. But, Jimmy, I'll, I'll give it to you then. NFC West, kind of spring it on you here. Uh, what, do, what do you like in the NFC West? Hey, I'm going with the Cardinals all day, baby. Carson Palmer, uh, Michael Floyd, two of my big sleepers. You know, everybody wants to put down Carson Palmer, but if you look through from last year, weeks one through 14, he was a top 12 quarterback in most scoring systems. He's going to have to throw a ton. He's got Arians who's going to want him to throw downfield. And he's throwing to a wide receiver core that's infinitely better than he dealt with last year. You're talking about a guy who could, you know, creep into the back end of the top 12. I absolutely love it. You actually took the word right out of my mouth with Carson Palmer. And I guess you, it, it's only logical to piggyback that with Michael Floyd because he's absolutely – this is the year that you're going to see a big leap forward uh, with Michael Floyd. And, and uh, I, Carson Palmer is going to have a lot to do with that development. He's got uh, he's got some much better weapons to work with this year, and I think you'll be really happy with what you get out of Carson Palmer. Where are you, where are you getting him this uh, lately in these mocks? Oh, he's going late, real late. Um, you know, I, I, I keep telling people, but for some reason they're just not believing me. So that's okay. Uh, I'm seeing him. You know, usually somewhere at 13, 14th round, I can grab him. Yeah, that's the whole reason. Whole reason you want to wait. Uh, Mikey, I don't know why you backed off your guy, man. Before the show, you were pretty high on Mendenhall. Yeah, I was. You know, it just uh, – I love Carson Palmer. Uh, I like Mendenhall. I, I feel like Mendy is going to be uh, – he's going to be a force there. But uh, just – I don't know. I, I'm going to stay with him, but uh, I'm not that high on him. Lamar Miller, Jimmy. Uh, a lot of people are, are are buying into the to the hype here. There's a lot of upside. We hope that he learns to pick up the block and so he, and then also catch the ball. He's got two issues that he's going to have to. And then I guess I could even add a third here: is that is he the goal line back when you've got a Daniel Thomas? So you've got goal line issues, 
You've got blocking issues, protection of protecting a Tannehill, and he's never been able to be proven to catch the ball. What do you what do you say to those three issues, Lamar Miller in general? Uh, I think I like the coach enough that I think he's going to work to his strengths and not his weaknesses. And they really don't have any other options. I mean, Thomas may be the goal line back, but he's got to stay healthy, something he hasn't been able to do yet. And you're an omit in the chat room. What about Dillacy from Florida? He, You know, he's not ready to be a starter yet either. I mean, they're going to give Miller every chance to be their guy, and uh, it's just as simple as that. They want him to be their guy because, let's face it, I mean, he is a home run threat every time he touches the ball. And that's what they need. That's what they're going to try and do with this offense is create mismatches all over the field. And he's he's the guy who's going to do it. NFC East, we're going to jump to, guys. Mikey, uh, do you have anybody in mind in the NFC East as a sleeper candidate? No. Maybe somebody on the Giants, perhaps. David Maybe a third wide receiver on the Giants, perhaps. No? Nope. Not not a Reuben Randall guy, huh? Could be. You're, you're an SEC guy, man. You're an SEC. You got you to gotta, uh, gotta give uh, Reuben Randall a little bit of love, don't you? I do. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to multitask here, Scott, and you know me in multitasking. It's not very good. He was out at the play. That's all Are I know. You're, you're watching baseball. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 298 yards, Jimmy, three touchdowns. Uh, not a big year uh, as a rookie, but still earned his strike. He looks like with, with shipping off Hickson, looks like he's had a pretty good opportunity to capitalize on, especially if there's an injury to either Cruz or Nix. Or if Cruz decides to hold out because he doesn't get his contract. Uh, oh. Definitely possibilities here for Randall to, to take that next step. And even if he just remains the number three, you know, they, they've always had an opportunity for the number three to put up, you know, decent backup numbers. We're not talking starting fantasy numbers, but, you know, bi-week filler type numbers, sure. I like Ruben Randall in the draft master format where you don't have to start anybody. Uh, but if you have him on your bench, you're going to be able to capitalize on those big games when you least expect it. And that's kind of what I see with a Reuben Randall until he gets an opportunity to be a starting wide receiver in the league. Now, I, I believe he has that ability. I think most people are, are are waiting for that opportunity to arise. Now, you've got Cruz and Nick's going to be kind of hard to get that in New York unless, like you said, Jimmy, maybe uh, maybe something happens there and, and they're not uh, they're not going to pay you know pay the piper what he's due. Uh, I, I think they have to see Cruz as a legitimate uh, wide receiver. If they start to pay him like he's some slot guy, I think that's a real slap in the face for Cruz, and I think he should go elsewhere. Yeah, it's a, it's a big conundrum. I, I agree with you. I love Cruz. I, I wish they'd pay him, especially when you're talking, you know, a million dollars difference here, there, when they're paying everybody else and making, a, you know, gazillion dollars as a team. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I wish they'd pay him. I hope they pay him. But, you know, this is the Giants, and they don't like to be – you know, backdoored by anybody. They want to make their decision, and you try and force their hand, they're going to sit there and say, okay, bye. Jim because Day they know that, they have somebody like Ruben Randall behind them. Jim I, Day is I, I, I want to from, ask you, uh, Jimmy uh, and uh, Jim and uh, Scott, do you guys see the uh, Giants kind of being the model of uh, what the New England Patriots do? Lose to the Giants in the Super Bowl? No, I mean just shipping them oh, in, shipping no, them out. No. <laughs> the way they the way they go about uh, uh, treating treating their players, uh, you know, it's it's pay them now and okay, bye, and pay them now, okay, bye. Uh, kind of like the same way. Yeah, you know, it's That's, a business. They treat it like a business. It, it's really yeah. hard to you know blame them for what they do because you know they've been pretty good at it, winning two Super Bowls in the last what six years. That's, 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 that's kind of the way I see these Giants and uh, Patriots, uh, Giants in New England. They kind of uh, they kind of have the uh, same model, so to speak. Of uh, this is the way we're going to do it, and this, it works. So we're going to continue to move forward with it. 
Urinal Mint in the chat room. What about Bradshaw going to the Jets since Goodson is gone? Now, I think what everybody's kind of thinking, Jimmy, is that uh, Bradshaw is eventually going to be landing in Pittsburgh come June when they can avoid that uh, big hit there. So what are, you, what, are you, what are you hearing about Bradshaw? Well, let's face it. They brought him in twice, checked him out. The, you know, he's been medically cleared now. They couldn't sign him before this anyway because they don't have the cap space. They will get $5 million in June, on June 1st, because of them uh, releasing Willie Colon earlier in the offseason. With that $5 million, they'll not have enough to pay Bradshaw a one-year contract, bring him in, say, okay, we want you to be our guy. Let's see what you got. And, you know, people forget that this is a guy, even with the injuries, plays through him most of the time. He does everything, protects the quarterback, he can catch the ball, he runs strong inside and outside. And, you know, this is a guy who had 1,000 yards for the Giants, even playing injured. Man, Jimmy Day breaks it down. That's exactly what I want to hear. You know, that's that's the answer right there. Uh, I, I, I think that's going to happen. I like Le'Veon Bell. I think he has the skill set that you need to have, especially this this window, this nice, unique window of opportunity for him to really thrive, I think he could do pretty well in Pittsburgh, but I'm not getting my hopes up too much, especially in a dynasty format. I'm not ready to overpay. Who do you like more, Monty Ball or Le'Veon Bell? I like Monty Ball a lot more. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he he dances too much behind the line of scrimmage for me. He runs very high. They're going to have to get him to lower his pads in the NFL. Otherwise, he's just going to get crushed. Um, Monty Ball, I, I just think, is a better overall back. I just hate, you know, the confusion in the backfield in Denver right now. Yeah. Well, Jim, uh, does uh, Giovanni Bernard, I mean, what, what kind of chance does he have right now, in your opinion? Oh, he's going to start the year as a change of pace back because they know what they get out of Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Nothing great, nothing fancy, but he does his job, and they know that. Um, he's going to. Bernard is going to start out as a change of pace back, but let's face it, if he goes in there and shows him he can be more than that, then you know Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis isn't going to stand in his way uh, because this kid can run. He, he's got good wheels, he's quick, he's agile, and if he can give them any kind of home run threat and do it consistently, then he's just going to take that starting job by midseason. Wow. We have not talked about the... <clears throat> NFC or the AFC North yet, Jimmy? Uh, this is a this is a division that we just touched on just now with Pittsburgh, Baltimore already in a rebuild, which is very interesting to see how that affects Joe Flacco. Will it increase his numbers because he's throwing more now in the second half and and just getting more completions to a Dennis Pitta and and maybe a Dixon and you've got Torrey Smith and who knows what's going to be there for Jacoby Jones, but definitely Ray Rice. Uh, we don't know how that's going to really shake out yet. Uh, what do you think about this Cleveland? There's a lot of sexy picks in Cleveland this year, especially with Trent Richardson in the first. I love Josh Gordon. It, right now I'm seeing him in the seventh or eighth, and I think that's an absolute steal for a kid uh, who actually really dominated in the second half of the season as a, as a young kid like this. It's very nice to see. I'm a little, little, little concerned about Whedon. And then this Jordan Cameron. All right, we've got a couple of names here. To talk. Give me some Cleveland love here. Give me, give me your honest take on the Cleveland situation. Well, you know, it, it definitely it's going to come down a lot to who, who they end up with quarterback. Uh, you know, but it's not going to be Jason Campbell. It, it, right now it looks to be Whedon unless they bring in some last-minute guy. So it's going to be Whedon. I, you know, they brought in Brian Hoyer. Man, I, I just don't see it. I never have with Hoyer. I, I don't think much of him. So Whedon's going to be the guy. So, you know, Gordon is definitely going to have a solid season. Richardson, if he can stay healthy, is definitely going to be a player you want. And I just love Jordan Cameron, uh, if for nothing else than the fact that Rob Chudzinski is there in the coaching staff now. And this is a guy who just makes tight ends, you know, very prevalent in his offense. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, do you have any opinion on Josh Gordon or Jordan Cameron, the guys that I'm really high on this year? Well, honestly, I, I love Brandon Whedon. I mean, uh, they're they're making a lot of different moves here, and but the simple fact is they're going to have to go up against uh, a, a solid defense week in and week out when you're talking about Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got great defense. Baltimore's defense, it's tailed off a little bit, but not too much. Uh, Pittsburgh, it's going to be the same old Pittsburgh defense. So it's going to be uh, – any anybody you take for uh, from Cleveland, it's going to be tough because you got you got to go 
go up against those defenses uh, week in and week out. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be very interesting to see. I'm, I'm really high on Gordon, obviously, in Dynasty. I'm going to have to temper my expectations in redraft because I, I do tend to, Jimmy, I, I don't know about you, but it seems like that Dynasty world kind of blurs into my redraft thinking when I'm on the clock and, I'm, and, I, and I start to think about that, you know, that excitement of that Dynasty pick, and it kind of, kind of influences my uh, decision a little bit in redraft. How about you? No, I, I think I do so many drafts that I, I really don't, it doesn't really bleed one into the other. I, I every time I do a draft, uh, I pretty much I go in. I make sure I'm looking at the rules. I'm make sure I'm looking at the scoring before I start the draft, every single one, um, and make sure I I know exactly where I am on that draft. Seems like the hardest part for me to get down is that uh, that dynasty redraft uh, after you've been doing so many. Well, Jimmy Day at Fantasy Taz, FantasyTaz.com. This has been just a ton of fun. Thank you for coming on. Uh, we always love having you on and, and blessing the uh, the high-stakes world with your with your uh, experience that you have all throughout the year. Definitely hope we see you uh, participate or be a part of our uh, community that we have going on with either Roto Bowl or the World Championship. We'd love to see you compete and get that name uh, on, one of these, uh, on one of these championship jerseys like Matt Bailey did last year. Well, I hear you. I'm definitely going to do at least one this year. Well, we're we're glad to have you on Red versus Blue. Thanks, thanks, Jimmy, and everybody, check him out at FantasyTaz.com. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, thanks. Jimmy brings it no matter what time of day, what yeah, day yeah. of the week. He's there for you, man, and he just uh, I mean, anything I mean, bring up. He's got the he's got the inside scoop and the angles. I mean, I mean, got how many drafts did he talk about that he's already been through? 120. That's the way it is. Isn't that great? Man, oh, man. Well, look, we're going to uh, close out the show. For those of you that have been waiting on your May Madness giveaway, I'm going to go ahead and put the link in the chat room. You guys can watch the last four minutes of the video, and we'll play the audio for you guys. For for Mike and this is Scott, we will see you next week on Red vs. Blue and uh, look forward to uh, hearing from you guys all this four. week. edition of Red vs. Blue. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football. Tonight, it's May Madness Drawing number four, courtesy of the Fantasy Football World Championship and FFToolbox.com. This is May Madness, not to be confused with March Madness, the run that the Louisville Cardinals went on uh, since 1986, but they did one hell of a job. Rick Pitino and the entire cast, Russ Smith, Casey, the Gorky Jane. Shane Behan, Luke Hancock, and we can't forget Kevin Ware, the emotional run that he gave the team. All right, tonight we have the uh, special May Madness uh, giveaway. This is our version of the early bird here at the Fantasy Football World Championship. I'll, I'll break it down for you real quickly. If you put in your deposit, your $200 deposit to secure your spot, the one in 408 seats here in the Fantasy Football World Championship in 2013, then you qualify for the FFWC May Madness giveaway. And what that is, is we've got a special free main event seat for 2013. If you are drawn out tonight in this uh, in this lucky bag here, this NFL bag I've got, I'm going to pull this out here so you can see that there's nothing inside. We're going to put all 20 names in. We've emailed all 20 participants earlier, uh, just about 10 minutes ago. Let them know what their numbered ping pong balls are. And we're going to... Uh, we're going to add these ping pong balls in here. They're going to draw out a name, and that person's going to win the FFWC Fantasy Football World Championship Made Madness Giveaway number four. Number four tonight. Uh, this right here is the 18 ping pong balls. You saw those last week. There's 18 of them. Count them out. One, two, three. You see your number? Do you see your number? There you go. All of them are in there. And then we've got uh, 19 here. we got number 19, and we got number 20. There you go. Of those balls, there they are, all 20. Gonna go right into the bag. Let's get going. And we're gonna zip this thing up. Everybody has an equal shot here. We're gonna shake the bag up. One lucky winner is gonna win a free main event seat. They can draft live in Las Vegas with us at the Mirage uh, this year on opening weekend of the NFL, or you can draft online. It's up to you. Uh, whichever you prefer. Hopefully, we see you out there. Uh, let's see. Got a zipper stuck here. Gonna open this up. I'm going to draw a lucky name. Come on, Zipper. Don't break on me now. Here we go. Okay, good. Got that open. Good luck, gang. I'm rooting for everybody. And the winner is number 
Lucky number seven. And that seven belongs to Mr. Sean. Way to go, Harlem boys. You're going to be sitting for free in the 2013 FFWC main event. Guys, we're going to start red versus blue. We'll probably have another drawing tomorrow or Sunday. One or the other. Tomorrow or Sunday, we'll have May Madness giveaway number five. So be looking forward to that. Uh, Check your emails. I, for those of you that are still waiting to get in the May Madness giveaway, it's just uh, we, we're going to be able to get you in. We just have to balance those out across all the early signups. So we're going to get you in. You have until the entire month of May to get your deposit in, your $200 deposit, and get your chance at a free main event seat this year in 2013 for the Fantasy Football World Championships. Look forward to it. Join us tonight on Red vs. Blue. We'll see you then. Mikey, what you – these giveaways, man, I can't believe we're sitting here. You know, years ago when, when we conceived this whole thing, who would have ever thought we're giving away prize packages that are worth $1,700 here on Red vs. Blue? Would you ever believe I that? I know. I know. You know, it's kind, it's kind of awesome. I'm, I'm just kind – of, I'm waiting for – I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and pretty cool. All right, Mikey. We'll get back to your baseball. Sorry we had to inconvenience you. We will see you next week, my man. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Later. <laughs> hey, you got
travel. 